0: Welcome to the Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. I'm going to sound a little froggy because I'm a little under the weather, but we go on. We're going to get back to basics anyway. We're going to take a look at the Word of God, especially the book of Acts Church. Porch Online Bibles study was created to examine how the early church served the Lord. And I've always believed that in doing so, we could restore the priesthood of the believer. And regain the world-shaking influence the early church had. And we certainly need it right now. And we do that by digging deeper into scripture, not watering it down. And I believe that we find the church the Lord intended, not the one that man created. In my opinion, the one man created is not getting the job done. Church age is still in effect. The fire still falls. The day of Pentecost has not ended. The Porch is an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc. Go to onsolomonsporch.org if you have any questions. Or you can just go to firefalltalkradio.com, use the contact button, and we'll get back to you. Make sure you bookmark the Spreaker site for Firefall Talk Radio. That way, if you had done that, you would have known that on the 4th of July, a new Overwatch was posted. That's kind of how we're going to do with Overwatch. We're not going to have a schedule of what night, what time. They're just going to show up. So you're going to want to be bookmarked and get alerts as to when a new show is posted. 17 days away from our meeting in Orlando. Saturday, July 27th. If you're coming in and you want to stay over, that $79 room rate expired on the 5th, but you may be able to negotiate with them, and talk them into giving it to you. But if you do, come in early. Play in the parks on Friday, Saturday morning, 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. The event will begin. If you're going to book a room, 800-999-8585. Tell them you're coming to the C Conference, which is booking ID 68136. I will actually write them tomorrow and ask them to see if they will extend the date for the special rate if you are coming this this is free if you want to bless us when you get there that's up to you the doors will be open if you have emailed me and said save me a seat your seat is guaranteed if you have not and the room fills up not much I can do about it there's going to be a max number excuse me praying that everyone who's supposed to be there is there The warfare, as you can see, has increased the closer we get. The struggle for us to come together is real, and I believe the Lord's going to do something special that day. You know, we talk about our brothers and sisters around the world, and I make sure on the porch to point out the persecution. Well, right now, it's in overdrive. Extremist Islamic group Boko Haram is destroying churches and harming Christians in Nigeria. But the believers continue to believe in the rebuilding and they're going on. Christians in the Democratic Republic of Congo are being attacked by the Islamic Allied Democratic Forces, known as ADF. And even though it's a predominantly Christian nation, they're just running amok. They are aligned with ISIS. So far, they've killed 90 people, they've kidnapped 131 and 12,000. Have been displaced. The ADF is looting and destroying property. Six churches have been burned down. Two church run clinics and health centers have been destroyed. Bet you haven't heard about that on the news. And then the British government has come out and said that Christianity is by far the most widely persecuted religion and recommends that their government become the worldwide leader in promoting religious liberty. They released a 176-page report on July the 4th. Quote, it is estimated that one-third of the world's population suffers from religious persecution, some form with Christians being the most persecuted group. They're being targeted in 144 countries. Right now, Christians are leaving communist China in droves to get away from the genocidal attacks and the crackdown on religion, churches being bulldozed, just and it doesn't matter if their laws, since 1982, said they were supposed to have religious freedom. According to the Chinese government, religion, religious freedom only goes as far as what they want to allow. So keep keep them in prayer. Remember them each day when you pray. Praise the report, prayer request. Well, I praise the Lord that I don't live in one of those countries. I praise the Lord that I live in a country that allows us to worship the way we do and that I can pray for them and support the organizations that help them. I praise the Lord for my home, this home, this studio, for my my wife, uh, our sons and daughter-in-laws, and our grandson and our furry kids, and everything the Lord has blessed us with. I praise him for his protection over us. We live in a fallen world. Sometimes things happen. Sometimes the enemy gets through, but you know what? Yet will I praise him even in the night, even in the midst of the storm. I will rejoice in him, for he is my Lord, he is my God. I praise him for this ministry that he lets me work for him, for the dreams and the visions and the information, the stuff that he's been sharing with me as I prepare for the Sea Conference. I know I won't be able to share with all of it with you that day, but it'll come out during the Bible studies, I'm sure. I, I just praise him. Can we just praise him? Can we just say amen? We love you, Lord. Thank you. New creation born again. Cross is bare. Tomb is empty. He's alive. And he's getting ready to come back. Oh, boy, do I praise him for that. So I got to pray, though. We have to pray for the Middle East. We have to pray for Israel and the peace of Jerusalem. We have to pray for the fatherless and the widows, the innocents, the victims of injustice. For brothers and sisters who I've talked about, them being slaughtered, persecuted for their faith, for the slaughter of the innocents in and out of the womb, for the religious persecution and anti-Semitism on the rise and the victim of sex trafficking that are now getting their day in the news. And and I got to tell you, I read a lot about it. I pay attention to it. I pray about it. There's so much more going on in the darkness and under the surface that they're not talking about. I pray for divine wholeness, health, and healing in me and in all of you, getting back to our divine design, getting ready to do the job, to do what needs to be done. Remnant, wake up, rise up, answer the call to action. If you've been blessed, be a blessing that we should each prosper in accordance with his word and be open conduits of his blessings. Uh, continue to pray for my wife's healing. Deb's also got this. I think she gave it to me, but I will forgive her. And uh, restoration and favor in a situation that we've been dealing with for a while. Stacy in Texas, continue to pray for her family and for her. Kim in Fort Mitchell says, I am doing okay over here. Praise the Lord for that. Praise him for saving my soul, for keeping me sober. Another day I praise him that I get to spend my life with my kids and watch them grow up. I praise him for not living in bondage anymore, for his divine protection over my family. Praise him for this ministry and for everything I've learned here. Uh, I have to stay humble and teachable. Father, I'm still praying for a miracle. It's been hard, but I can feel your presence. Give me a sign. Take my hand and guide me. I think you got your sign, Kim. Please protect my children, my husband, my mother, as well as my dog, Bruno. Heal us and provide for us. Praying for my friend Stacy, she needs your strength, willpower, and your hand to guide her, protect her children, as well as the porch families. Father, my son Maurice has been looking for a summer job. Something came up here locally at a pizza place, please come through for him, Lord. Deliver my children, myself, in Jesus' name. Lord, you are awesome, and it doesn't matter what's going on in the natural doesn't matter if, if we have colds or flus or lack or whatever. You are our provider. You're all we have. This world can't help us. Only you can. We thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for saving us, dying for us, rising again. We thank you that we're going to see you again. And when that comes, we can boldly approach the throne room. Run towards our Abba Father, not just in our minds and our spirits, but for real. And the presence of the Holy Spirit will be like breathing in air. And you'll be there, Lord, and we'll be with you forever. But until that time, teach us, help us, empower us, change us provide for us. Bless this time. Bless this technology. Bless my voice so I can get this done. I just pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. These lessons are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. Combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So last week we were talking about the abiding kingdom. And how it ushers in the light, the capital L of the Holy Spirit that dispels all darkness. There can be no hindrance to that light. We can't have a dimmer switch on it, no matter what the religious people tell you. Shine, bright, blaze. But how do we keep that light on? We do it by his power. That's what we're talking about. Kingdom of God power. The Holy Spirit power company. They don't send you any bills. Bill's already been paid. Miracles and signs and wonders, what are they? Well, I'm going to tell you in case you wanted to know. Miracles, signs and wonders, that's the core of our life, or at least it should be. Too many people do not understand when I share with them my testimony or what I've experienced or what I do with SRT and, and the guys that go along with me, some of whom, seriously need deliverance, but we won't talk about. We'll save that for another show. Maybe I'll cover that in Orlando. But Miracle Signs and Wonders, they are the core to our ministry. They are the fuel that propels it. They are events that unquestionably involve the immediate and powerful action of an almighty God that is intended to reveal his character or purposes. And the words used in the scriptures to describe the miraculous include sign and wonder and work, mighty, portent, or power. They point us to his pervasive activity in nature, in history, and in people. In the Old Testament, two Hebrew words are used for miracles. One is translated as sign, called Oth, phonetically spelled O-T-H, and then Wonder, which is mo which is spelled M-O-P-H-E-T-H, and I found it interesting, Mo-Faith, Mo-Faith, more faith That's probably not what they intended, but that's the way it came out. They are synonyms, and they often occur together. The word sign is mentioned 78 times in biblical Hebrew. You see it for the first time In Exodus 4, verse 8, then it will be that if they do not believe, nor heed the message of the first sign, that they may believe the message of the latter sign. This is the Lord talking to Moses about his dealings with Pharaoh. Exodus 7, 3, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. Deuteronomy 7:19. the great trials which your eyes saw, the signs and the wonders, the mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. So shall the Lord your God do to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. Deuteronomy 26, 8, so the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm, but with a great terror and with signs and wonders. Are oh, we seeing a pattern here? Jeremiah thirty two twenty. you have set signs and wonders in the land of Egypt to this day, and in Israel and among other men, you have made yourself a name as it is to this day. Signs and wonders mentioned throughout the Old Testament, and they were meant to draw attention to God, not to man, but to God, his, to his greatness. And to his authority. It signifies a divine act or a special ability, a special display of divine power. And if you notice, in dealing with Egypt, in dealing with Pharaoh, he knew what the demonically possessed Pharaoh and the fallen who ruled that area would understand. They wouldn't understand reason, they don't understand it today. They needed to seize some power, just like the ones today need to see Holy Spirit power. Talk isn't gonna cut it anymore. Even the psalmist, even David, focused on God's power, confessing. That the God of Israel alone works wonders. See, signs and wonders come from God. Whatever the enemy does is a counterfeit. And we saw that when Moses confronted Pharaoh and the two magicians threw down their staff and it also became a snake. But of course, Moses' staff became a bigger snake and swallowed theirs. God's power is always bigger. You have to know that. And if you don't know it experientially yet, you have to believe it by faith until it becomes a part of your experiential walk. Psalm 72, starting verse 18, Praise the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does such such wonderful things. Praise his glorious name forever. Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. The wonder... A foreshadowing of an event, an omen. See, Psalm 72, David talks a lot like this through Psalm 72. It's a foreshadowing of the coming Messiah. You, You can't talk about signs and wonders without talking about the Messiah. He says in Psalm 72, verses 8 through 11, He shall have dominion also from sea to sea. And from the river to the ends of the earth, those who dwell in the wilderness will bow before him, and his enemies will lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles will bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba will offer gifts. Yes, all the kings shall fall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. Then jump down to verse 15, and he shall live, and the gold of Sheba will be given to him. Prayer also will be made for him continually, and daily he shall be praised. Now we know this is after the second coming, and this is after he establishes his kingdom here on earth, the Messianic kingdom. There will be an abundance of grain in the earth, and on the top of the mountains its fruit shall wave like Lebanon, and those of the cities shall flourish like grass of the earth. His name shall endure forever, his name shall continue as long as the sun. And men shall be blessed in him, and all nations shall call him blessed. You cannot talk about signs and wonders and miracles without Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, the Lord, the King of kings, and Lord of lords, being the topic of that conversation. Because when you go from the Old Testament concept to signs and wonders to the New Testament concept, the Old Testament did a foreshadowing of the coming Messiah. Signs and wonders in the New Testament are based upon the presence of the Messiah, the miraculous. And it became more personal and indicative of the coming Messianic Kingdom. See, we've been talking about this kingdom of God on earth. We know it's in us. We know what it represents, or at least we should. If you don't, you haven't been paying attention. But when he came here in human form, he gave us an example of the life we were to live. He gave us an example of how we were called to walk. Remember, he's not in his glorified body. He's been given the Spirit when baptized by his cousin in the Jordan. He is the example of what the church should be on this earth right now. John chapter 4, starting verse 46, So Yeshua came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Yeshua had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. And then Yeshua said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Yeshua said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Yeshua spoke to him and went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, Your son lives. And then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. The father knew that it was at the same hour which Yeshua said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. What did he believe? He believed that he just met the Messiah. He just saw the signs of the Messiah. This was the second sign that Yeshua did when he came out of Judea into Galilee. But look what he said in verse 48. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. Unless you see signs and miracles happen, people will never believe, will never have trust, will never have faith at all. Is it any different today? And doesn't it make sense that Hasatan, Satan, and the fallen would want you not to believe in miracles, would want you not to see miracles and have them in your life, would want to find a way that through religion and tradition and, and the laws and rules of men to keep you from bringing signs and wonders into his rotting, stinking kingdom on earth? Of course it would. But it's all the more reason why we should not allow him to have his way. That we should be laying hands on the sick so that they can recover. We should be casting out demons. We should be doing what we were called to do. And wanting to see the works of the Lord, wanting to see the signs and wonders is not condemned. Although it can become an extreme... I believe some people want the signs and wonders without the Word they want them out of order, and they want them from people that they shouldn't want them from. but I'll tell you what is condemned. it's when God does them, and they still reject Him. You see that in Matthew eleven verse starting with verse twenty, and he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done, because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done to you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sat cloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be no more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades, For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. How many cities could we say that to? How many churches could we say that to? How many preachers and televangelists could we say that to? See, what was the core of the book of Acts Church? What was the inspiration for me? For what was first the Jerusalem fellowship and then became Solomon's porch was to have what the book of Acts church had, a feeling of family, a feeling of fellowship, but also to be shaking the world and walking in that power. Not for the sake of power, but for the sake of change, for the sake of helping people, for the sake of doing more than what was being done in traditional religion, Acts 5.12. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. That for me was the concept of the porch. A place of family, a place of fellowship, a place of taking care of one another, but a place where the signs and wonders could flow and the Holy Spirit could have his way. So in the Greek, the word sign, sameon, it's the root of Semano. It's an indication of ceremonial or the supernatural. Uh, miracles, signs, tokens, wonders. In the New Testament, it is the evidence of divine authority. Sometimes it's even called miracle. This is in my notes. It just came to my spirit. As you're listening right now live or Recorded, archived, however you listen to this bible study are you are you in need of a miracle i'm I'm not joking here. Are you in need of a miracle? The first place that has to start is in not doubting that he is capable, then not doubting that he is willing. That's where you have to start. See, if I had to tell you what July twenty seventh is going to be about, and I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to give you a little preview, a little taste. This is where the Lord has been keeping me. I've been, if you've ever been to one of my seminars, you know that, like my teacher mentor, Pastor Shelley, I lay out a huge buffet. And then you get to feast on what's there. As my brother Joe Citrone would say, an overload of information. And I know he didn't say that to be critical, but that's what I do. I give you so much that you cannot possibly not clean something. So as I prepared for this, after all the seminars, after all the PowerPoint presentations I've done in all these years, I began to get into information overload in my brain. So I had to stop. I say, Lord, what is it you want me to teach on that day? I simply said, I want you to remind them, my children, who they are. See, if you come, that's what, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about who you are. We're going to understand your divine design. We're going to understand what he meant and how to apply it. And change the way you live. See, that's what the signs and wonders in the New Testament were about. They were a portent. They were a a picture of future events and the way it was going to be. Matthew 24, verse 3, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. Same thing in Mark thirteen four. What will the, be the sign when all these things will be fulfilled? Luke 21, 7. What sign will there be that these things are about to take place? See, they wanted to know a portent. They wanted to understand. They wanted some kind of a a, a warning sign. If we see this, we know it's about to happen. We've gotten so many from that time to now, and the majority of people I talk to are clueless, absolutely clueless. But this symbol of his divine authority, this symbol of the presence of God in him, that he was the son of the living God, that he was the only begotten son of God. These weren't counterfeits. These weren't knockoff miracles. These were the real deal. See, the signs of the Messiah, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the blind see, the dead are raised. The reason they're the signs of the Messiah is because Asetan, Satan, and the fallen, and their demonic offspring can only do counterfeits. I experienced some of that when I was unsaved, a, a, a girl that was a faith healer. Well, all she did was diminish the pain. All she did was for a moment take away my pain, but she didn't heal me. And these faith healers that people go to all over the world, momentarily they get relief. But in actuality, they'll take one thing away and put another thing in. There is no clear, complete wholeness that comes from the kingdom of darkness. See, this sign or miracle is also a token of his divine authority and power. John 3, 2. It's talking about Nicodemus came to him by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, from Hashem. For no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Wouldn't you love somebody to look at you after you lay hands on them and pray for them? after you set them free of demonic bondage, after you do something that no one else has been able to do, and say, you know what? No one can do these signs unless the Lord is with them. Matthew 12, verses 38 and 39, scribes and Pharisees came to him and said, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. Unlike the man who needed a healing, these people wanted a sign. There was a little attitude in their request. And he answered them and said, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Which, of course, meant three days in the belly of the giant fish, Yeshua three days in the belly of the earth, You know, when I, I uh I study this and I talk with my fellow SRT member Larry and we pray pretty much every day, if not every day, every other day. And we compare notes and, and this issue that we're talking about right now is the heart's cry of what we do with SRT. It isn't just about shutting down gateways and portals it isn't just about setting people or areas free of demonic influence or demonic bondage it's about bringing the sign of the messiah it's about bringing divine authority it's about bringing order in the lord getting the glory not us But nothing's changed. First Corinthians one twenty-two: the Jews request the sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. And right now we have a, a fringe church that's caught right in the middle of that. They want the signs and they want wisdom, gnosis, but they don't want the purity of the word and they don't want the simplicity of the signs. And when Paul said the Jews asked for a sign, he was indicating that the apostles were suffering from the same demands that the Jews made to Yeshua. Signs of God's power and his love. But that was not what they wanted. They wanted signs. They wanted proof that he was who he said he was. They wanted proof that the Messianic kingdom was real. And I think, I'm going to measure my words here, part of the seduction of the church of today is we've got caught up in the show. We've gotten sucked into, i got to run here for a sign, i got to run here for this thing, i got to run here for that thing. The simplicity of the gospel and the presence of the living God through the Holy Spirit inside of you. You don't have to go anywhere. I know I told you this, but Carpenter's Home Church, which is not, I think it's there, but it's in a different form. It was in Lakeland, Florida in the early 90s when we had the home fellowship. And there was some miraculous things going on. And everybody was driving down there. So one day I just said, Lord, do you want us to take a trip down to Lakeland? And he said, why? I can do everything I'm doing there right here. And sure enough, that weekend he did right in the middle of praise and worship, which was CDs with an overhead projector, not even a projector, one of those uh, kinds you put the clear plastic on and puts the letters up on the wall. My brain just went blank and and the screen was a sheet that I had tacked to the wall above the fireplace right in the middle of all of this, right in the middle of the praise and worship, people start falling out. People that didn't do that, the the signs and wonders, the miracles just started to happen. Weeping, uh, laughing in joy, the kind of laughing that when you've been so depressed just breaks you free of all the heaviness. It just spontaneously happened. Not from anybody laying hands on, not from saying it was going to happen. The Spirit, when he's given the freedom to do what he wants, will do that. I am so, so hungry for that. Paul says to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians twelve, twelve. Truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. But the danger of that is this, not of 2 Corinthians 12, 12, of using the signs incorrectly. Is that false teachers and false prophets can give you signs that of an assumed authority. We're warned of it. Matthew 24, 24, for false messiahs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Mark thirteen twenty two. for false messiahs and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive even the elect. Second Thessalonians two nine, the coming of the lawless one is what it is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs and lying wonders. We're warned about him in Revelation thirteen. Starting with verse thirteen, he performs great signs, so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by these signs, which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. The only signs and wonders I want are signs and wonders that come from the throne room, not from the one who got kicked out of the throne room. I want the real deal. I don't want the counterfeit. But unless we teach them, unless we show them, unless we bring the purity of what I'm talking about to our friends, our brothers, and our sisters, how will they know what's real and what's counterfeit? Because the great deception involved in these signs will persuade people not only to follow him, but the kings of the earth to be willing to battle against God. Think about it. Satan convinces a third of the angels to leave eternity, leave perfection, and follow him. And that's the greatest con job of all. Then here we are thousands of years later. The church is gone. The, The prison doors are open. They're out and about. And what happens again? He convinces them That even in the midst of their battle with him over control, the the power struggle within the kingdom of darkness, he convinces them and their human servants to join him in his final battle against God. Uh, Let's get blunt here. You've got to be really an idiot. He fooled you once you went to prison. And you fall for it again? And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountain and said to the rocks and the mountains, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. That's Revelation 6:15 6, and 16. They know what he's capable of. They know what he can do and what he's going to do. They are recoiling in fear from the judgment of the Lamb. But yet, not too long after this, they're willing to wage war against him who's coming in the clouds with all the saints and with all his angels. Because they have put their confidence once again in the beast. They have put their confidence once again in the Antichrist and Asatan and his power. So much so, they say, who can make war with him? In Revelation 13, 4, they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast. We know the dragon is Satan. And they worship the beast, saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Be careful about putting your trust in a man. Be careful about saying, oh, this man is untouchable. He can't be stopped. He can do this. He can do that. Men will fall. But during that period of time, they get so seduced by what they see him do, they think he's unbeatable. They think he's invincible. And then later on, the spirits of the demons are performing the signs which go out of the kings of the earth and the whole world, and he gathers them to battle for the great day of God Almighty, Revelation sixteen fourteen. We know what he's done. He's seduced the kings of the earth. And I believe those kings are supernatural. I believe those are the watchers and the princes that are coming out of the pit. And, of course, there are humans that are with them to come to that final meeting in Armageddon. You know the meeting where the sky splits and the Lord says, Well, now that I've called this meeting and I've got you all in the same place, I I have something to show you. But this unholy trinity, this... The, the Antichrist, the false prophet, the uh, Satan. I mean, this, this 666, the, the, the trinity of man, of, of darkness, gathers them together at Armageddon, the valley of Megiddo, 15 miles southeast of the modern Haifa. And although this is the center of the conflict, you have to understand something, Shelley, and I were talking about this the other day that that's not the only battle going on. See the battle that starts in Armageddon is hap is happening simultaneously as another battle is going on in the valley of Jehoshaphat, and that's where the va- the Battle of Armageddon finishes. It starts in Megiddo ends in the valley of decision or in the sharp judgment. That's where it's over. Think about this with your finite human mind. All the kings of the earth, all the fallen watchers that have gotten out of prison, all of the fallen angels, all of their demonic offspring, all the people that worship them and follow them from all the various nations, from Russia, from China, from all the nations of the earth that are still there. And they show up for this final battle for rule of the earth. And suddenly, literally, all heaven breaks loose. The sky splits. And the battle is so ferocious that the blood is four feet high, the the, the, the bridle on a horse. It's a melee. It's like the, the biggest... Uh, wrestling brawl of all time, except it isn't fake. And it's all been planned for a final sign and wonder. Joel 3.2, I will gather all the nations, and I will bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, my heritage, Israel, Whom they have scattered amongst the nations, they will have divided up my, they have also divided up my land. Joel 3.12. Let the nations be weakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. Verse 14. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord is near in the Valley of Decision. At the end of this battle, as he has won, as Satan and the other watchers and fallen angels are put into their chains, the conquering king sets up his judgment seat to judge them. Lying signs and wonders will have no value then. Lying signs and wonders while impressive to men have no value in the kingdom of God. That is why I preach a purity of the word. That is why I do my best to walk in a purity of, of, the, of the word and of the signs and the gifts I believe they're all present. I believe they're all active. I believe the Holy Spirit is still doing today what he did for the book of Acts Church. But I also understand it has become corrupted. It has become watered down. They have added to it. They've taken away. They've created their own little system, their own little scheme. Buy this, sell that. I don't have time for that. The one I serve won't let me have time for that. But see, the biggest sign and wonder of all that I believe that you and I can participate in is salvation. Your salvation is your first big miracle. You becoming born again, you going from who you are to who you are, from being dead in your sins to being alive in Messiah. That's the first big miracle. You say, well, I've never experienced the miraculous. Well, yes, you have. That's why it's incumbent upon us to say, Lord, give us this. Lord, I want to be this way. I, want, I don't want to be the way I was. And I want to be able to set the captives free the way you did. But this message is so important. It's so valuable that I already mentioned the punishment for those that reject the word of salvation. Don't listen to these ear ticklers that tell you there's no judgment. There's no hell. A loving God wouldn't do that. That's part of the seduction. That's part of the big lie. Hebrews 2, starting from verse 2, For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders and with various miracles and the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will? the Old Testament message of the angels confirmed by a divine source of a coming Messiah to now the salvation we preach. Well, that is if you preach salvation. that That is if you tell people that you're born again and you're willing to risk their rejection and share with them what he did for you. Because our friends, our loved ones, our family members who reject God's word will be punished. Not because he doesn't like them, but because he doesn't know them. And because they've chosen their eternal destination. If you believe that the spirit inside of you, this soul inside of you is eternal, which I believe it is. I believe it's like electrical energy, it cannot be destroyed, it can only be altered. And in the case of us, what is us will live on forever somewhere. How much greater will be the punishment of those that have heard the gospel and rejected it? How much greater will will that rejection cost them? That's why telling them in love, telling them in compassion, but telling them is vital. This evidence, which was established and plainly endorsed by God, who showed his approval of it by signs and wonders and various miraculous manifestations of his power and by imparting the gifts of the Holy Spirit to the believers according to his own will— Remember, we talked about signs and portents. We talked about confirmations of divine authority. Everything from from Genesis to now, it's caught up in that moment. Signs and wonders are the tools of preaching the gospel and leading people to salvation. If God bore witness, why can't we? Why aren't we? I mean, I'm thankful I, I I got saved out of the occult. I got saved out of of power in a place that recognized God's power, needed God's power, used God's power, and then taught me how to use it and apply it and accept it. I don't believe a dead religious church would have had much of an effect on me. But I've met brothers and sisters who sit in those churches and think that what they're getting is the best that there is to offer. You do too. But see, the Lord is our example. Remember I said here on earth, he was our living example of the way we're supposed to be. He was our living example of kingdom of God power. Well the same way he preached the gospel, that's our example. Signs and wonders. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature who you will believe. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, they drink anything deadly, or by no means hurt them, they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover so after the lord had spoken to them he was received up into heaven which was a sign and a wonder and he sat down at the right hand of god and they went out and preached everywhere the lord working with them doing what confirming the word with the accompanying signs then the book of acts acts 243 fear came upon every soul why because many signs and wonders were done through the apostles Acts 5.16, the multitude gathered together from surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were what? They were entertained. No, no, no. They were they were all healed. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Yeshua of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit, and with what power? Dunamis, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. If God's with me, shouldn't any place I go, shouldn't I be able to set those free who are oppressed of the devil? Shouldn't I be able to break the oppression of the kingdom of darkness over a person, place, or an area? Well, the answer is yes, because I have, and I will continue to do so. We have a listing of all the gifts which we've talked about. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 31. All about what? All about kingdom building. All about edification. All about helping us to help others. The various miracles in the book of Acts. Peter's shadow healing people. Paul's miracles. Philip's miracles. I've been talking about this, I don't know, for how many weeks. And I'm hoping... That even just through osmosis, your your mind is absorbing it and will at some point believe it. Will at some point say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of this bondage. I'm sick and tired of this not happening. And I am going to sell out to the Lord and to what I know about his word. It's the message of Pentecost was of kingdom of god power not to glorify a man not to glorify a church not to glorify a denomination not to glorify a place not to glorify anything or anyone but the one who sits on the throne acts 238 what does peter say after the day of pentecost after they seen the signs and wonders repent And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. When Peter and John healed the lame man at the gate beautiful, they began to preach in Acts 3, verses 19 and 20, and they said, Repent, therefore. And be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send you, that he may send Jesus, the Messiah, who was preached to you before. Just dawn me, how many times have you sat in a church? A, have you, how many times have you seen anybody get saved? How many times have you seen the freedom of the Holy Spirit work for the signs and wonders or The minute somebody began to manifest, oh, take them in the back room. We don't want to scare anybody, freak anybody out. Hey, make an appointment for Tuesday, because we're off Monday. Come on. And the Sabbath had come, and he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, and the mighty works which are performed by his hands? Mark 6, 2. Lord was pretty blunt in John ten thirty seven, if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you don't believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me, and I in Him. What will it take? What will it take for us to stop listening? to the world stop listening to them tell us oh there's no more signs and wonders they're not they don't happen anymore died with the last apostle That's a lie signs and wonders never stopped they continued on for 300 years from from the after the death of of uh, John the apostle was 90-something A.D. It wasn't until 330, 331, the Council of Nicaea, that they shut it all down, that they took the churches out of the home, they put them in the basilicas in the form of pagan temples, and the flow of the Spirit got cut off, but every now and then the fire was too great and it broke out. Signs and wonders have never stopped. Kingdom of God power, it's still available. It's still yours if you want it. I got some other stuff here. We'll pick it up next time. But you know, something C.S. Lewis said, and I'll, and I'll end it here. The natural Christian, naturalist Christianity leaves out all that is specifically Christian. The ones that say that there are no more miracles, the ones that. Leave out the supernatural for the natural. What he's saying, they're leaving out everything that makes them who they are. Our Lord, and what he did for us, was miraculous. As I begin to pray for you, I want you to to begin to pray as well. And I want you to begin to speak to the Lord. And I want you to begin to tell him, the area of your life, that you need a miracle Maybe it's starting with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's starting with deliverance from whatever's got you in bondage. Maybe it's throwing on the light in the darkness, breaking that dimmer switch and putting on a switch that can't be turned off so that the light never goes out and the fire never goes down. Father, I just pray right now for the fullness of who you are to envelop your children. I pray for the fire of the Holy Spirit in the name of Yeshua Hamashiach. In the, in the sound of my voice, begin to hit them. Hit them on a DNA level, cellular level, mental level, emotional level. Hit them in their heart. Hit their bones. Hit them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet and shake their world. Shake them free of the chains. Shake them free of the lies and the deception. Shake them free of the the words that have wounded them and the words they've spoken over themselves. Just like when Paul and Silas began to praise you and the bricks came apart and, and the doors flew open, do it for them right now, Lord. Don't let them wait for Orlando on the 27th, though I want you to do it there too. Do it now. Let your fire fall. Let the fire that's inside of them that has gone down, maybe even gone out, let it rise up. Let it burst forth out of them and begin to touch others around them. Let the fire of your love envelop us, change us, and let's walk in your abiding kingdom and kingdom of God power. And I pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.